Welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome. Yeah, it's our own little club, isn't it? I love this podcast. It's wonderful. Do you listen back to our nah, show? Never. You... <laughs> <laughs> On the way home. But I enjoy doing this bit for the podcast. Oh, it's wonderful. It's always a lot of fun. Own little club. Uh, welcome to the club, James Graham, for today. Pleasure to be here. It was great having you. I love working with you, James. Oh, thank you. I really do. You too, Candice. Oh, thanks. We have a lot of fun on a Friday. Saturday. (laughs) 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 What day is it? It's Saturday. I love working with you too, producer Beck. Oh, I like working with you too, Brendo. Okay, this is starting to get a bit icky, okay? What do you this mean? is starting to get too much love oh, for I just my reckon liking. we should take our tops off. And no, no, no. So you um you got absolutely trolleyed the other weekend and we wanted to bring you in. To yeah. have a talk about your your infamous now pub crawl, which we all saw in, uh, on Instagram. I think we're all jealous of as well. Look, guys, come along next time. It's, it's open invite. So Anyone? how does it work? Are you just sitting at home with the other um, Owen? Owen, the, that has a been A producer for breakfast, produ- yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, you just go, today's the day. Yeah. So we started this <laughs> back in January. We were really bored one day. I think we're feeling sorry for ourselves after New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, and we're like, let's do a pub crawl. Let's just go to a few pubs, see how many we can get through. Not thinking we would get to where we got to. Mm. Um, we pop it out, popped it out on social media and we're like, anyone's welcome to come, come along. So it started, um, the record was 18 pubs in January. From Started at Newtown. That's huge. You guys City. have some stamina. That's huge. Yeah. Look, we did a lot of walking, had a lot of hot chips throughout the day. Okay. You get one drink at every pub. Has to be a schooner or a spirit. Have to drink the full drink. You're allowed to drink water, but you know, have to have a drink at each pub. Okay. So there are some rules mm-hmm. uh, at, at, as how much food you can consume, any like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, with food, I think whatever you feel like you need, you're allowed to have. Because um, eating is definitely cheating. Well, it's responsible Look, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're absolutely right yeah. and it rhymes and it's fun, Yeah, but it is responsible. Okay. But on a 12-hour session and a, as many pubs as we can hit, I think we were allowed to, we allowed ourselves to eat um, what's needed. But um, yeah, we did it again last weekend over the long weekend and we got to 20... 21 pubs. 21 wow. pubs. Wow. Mm. Are, you, are you sticking on the one drink the whole time? Or yeah. would you, a, bit, a little bit of variety. Obviously, you say you can, there's options there, or you just stick solid. Good nah, question. I'm, I'm a one drink, one drink gal. Which is? Vodka lime soda. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that keeps you going too. It hydrates you a little bit, doesn't it, very James? Ga- very gassy. Very gassy. Very gassy. Short glass. Short very glass. plain though. Short glass. If I'm, I, I think I'd, after a while, need some sort of, Fire engine thrown in there <laughs> because engine. I would feel like that's just getting a bit boring. Like my taste buds need a bit more than that. Get, okay. get the, squeeze the lime in. Yeah. Squeeze a bit of lime. Yeah, or, I, yeah squeeze it. Yeah. Squeeze as squeeze. much lime as you can. It was a bit tricky to start this time, to be honest. I think I wasn't, you know, wasn't really feeling it. So you weren't in the right headspace. Wasn't in the right headspace. Mm. I know I had a quiet Saturday night in preparation. Didn't, didn't, I think I had two drinks at, at dinner, but it was a very quiet Saturday night. It started very slowly, but then once you get into it, you're Do you know what I think? I always think a theme is always good, whether you put like a top hat on or a wig (laughs) or some sort of theme. Because themes get me in the mood. I think maybe next time we might have like different rules, like at each pub or might mix up with the drinks. Try the wigs. Try the wigs or or a top hat. Straight to Uh, top. What is your obsession with top hats? Straight to top hats. The Monopoly man wears one. We also want to draw attention to ourselves. So... We don't want to let everyone know we're in a pub crawl because by the end of it, they probably wouldn't yeah, let us in. Yeah, but that's fun. But because mm. then everyone's like, "Oh, what is like this gang's up for some?" Yeah, but some <laughs> of the, some of the security staff, they, no good. They don't like, especially here in Australia. That, yeah, they're very strict. Yeah, they're very strict. A, a great rule to bring in, maybe a a, a weeing ban. 
Oh. Yeah, good. Wet yourself. A wee, a wee <laughs> Wet yourself that. more. That, that, that's a good, oh, that, Owen would be hopeless at that. He has to pee every two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate uh, people uh, like not, that. Not a wing bam for the whole, <laughs> the whole, the, the whole time. So maybe, maybe like a, a you know a, a half an hour pee ban. Just okay, to, you just got to hold. Just it. to add the stress. Do you okay. know what? I feel like they're people that go to the toilet all the time. It, it kind of annoys me. Slowing because, you down. Yeah, it, no, not so much slowing you down, <laughs> but you just want to socialise and have fun. And they're always off, so you're either on your own yeah. or you're having to make small talk with other people. They can't help that. Yeah. Well, a small bladder. Train it. What do you want, what do you want from them? You want them to piss themselves no, at the table. No, just don't go as often. Okay. Like, yeah, put a ban on. <laughs> yeah. Did you get kicked out of a pub? I read you got kicked out of yeah, a pub. Yeah, I think, what, what number was it? Number... It was late in the day. 18, yeah. number 19. <laughs> yeah. We weren't being silly. We were just singing. Okay. Um, what were you singing? Only you got I think we were out. singing uh, Wonderwall, maybe. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. So you were having, we having fun. And it was like maybe 10 p.m., I think. And it was two of the other boys that were with us, and they were very getting into it. And the security just was not about it. And nah. then so we stopped and then <laughs> finished our drinks and then went again. Name uh, and shame that poor man. Oh, what was the pub called? What was the um, pub? It was literally down the road from here. Okay. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't that help pub. anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because the podcast listeners are not but in World Square. I'll tell you what it's doing. It's making me want to have a drink now. Yeah, absolutely. But I won't because I'm going to go home to my three daughters. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Um, plenty on the show today. Did, you mentioned the Monopoly Man. Sorry, before yes. we move on. Um, you said Top Hat and then you thought of the Monopoly Man. Do you yep. find the Monopoly Man hot? No. But why was that the first guy because you thought of? who else wears a Top Hat? King Charles? You find him hot? No. Why, why are you he mentioning these hot? people? I just like top hats. Okay, I just like. I just think they're cool, and if you can get away with one, why not? If you oh. can get away with one, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see it before the end of the year, and like I need to have forgotten about this conversation. You just stroll in <laughs> yeah, one morning with a top hat on. I'll not, be like, they're sick. not for everyone, unless you're going to like Royal Ascot, and everyone's wearing those. Top hats. Yeah. Okay. We're going to need some top hats next week. Uh, oh, no, Beck. I'm not here next week. Done. Okay. When you oh. come back, okay. I'll have three weeks to bed the top hat in yeah. around the office so it'll become <laughs> so normal <laughs> that I wear a top hat. And one of those little eye things. Little monocle? Yeah. Very good. I've got bad eyesight, so I'll only be able to see half of things. Okay. Um, ashes, it started. You reckon we're in the box seat, James? Uh, you're in the box seat, James Graham. We're on different sides. You go for the pumps. Yeah. How good? Especially that first ball and then just a show of. Dominance. Flurry of Sam, runs. We're going to declare over to you, Australia. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was brazen. At one stage, they were over five runs and over. Like, that's yeah. for a, for In a test, test cricket. Match. That is fast. Well, we got uh, Brad Haddon's thoughts on the first day of the Ashes. Uh, we were joined by Greg Russ for a motorsport update. Always love that. Absolutely. Uh, your thoughts, both of you, on State of Origin, Game 2. Can the Blues do it up in Suncorp? Yeah, I was very optimistic. You too? Well, not so much. Yeah, but that's us, isn't it, James? That's Absolutely. us realists, huh? Yes, realists. Yeah. Absolutely. You've got a pub crawl to get on, Beck, so we're going to do that for you. Um, enjoy your day. Yes. And the podcast. Have fun, everyone. <laughs> Don't waste your life, as Brendo says. Oh, ah, yeah. <laughs> Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. 
Uh, not before we do unpack that game last night, the Cowboys uh, winning, well, a thrilling 27-23 golden point victory. Uh, the game was still going uh, <laughs> well into the night. Um, now, it's a game really the Cowboys needed to win, and they did, James Graham. Yeah, they, they, it was a must-win game. And um, you know, when, when you're at this stage of the season, uh, you've got to win these games. Um, that they stood up and they had a lot of adversity. I thought at half time, Penrith were in complete control. The Cowboys, I yeah. uh, did so well to to keep the the Penrith Panthers trialless in that second half. And I thought their um, returning captain Jason Tamalolo was fantastic. The Cowboys are now seven and eight. Are they just starting to fire at the right time? Yeah. Look, obviously they had a a big season last year and, and went uh, pretty deep in, into the playoffs. I think they have a, had a little bit of a a World Cup hangover. They've no doubt they've got some some quality players and a lot of those quality players were missing yesterday and I think that's why it was so important. They got got the victory. Hey, look, they, they got did like I say, they got the victory last night, but there's still plenty of work to do just because of the this year's competition is so tight that they, they need to they need to fire. So they need to start getting results and last night was a real step in the right direction. You talk about they've got a lot of work to do. Although they won, they missed sixty three tackles. That's that's a huge number. Yeah, well they were a bizarre team, the Cowboys this year. You know, I think it was uh, last week they or the last time they were out they they had a performance for the ages where they beat Melbourne Storm, but then you look at that game mm. and only three weeks before that they had sixty six points put on them yeah. against the West Tigers. So they're uh, rocks and diamonds at the moment. The the Cowboys they need uh, they need consistency, like a lot of other clubs in the NRL at the moment. Uh, now I am a one eyed Panthers fan, so I don't want to say too much. Well, hang on, you've got one eye trouble. on the Panthers and yeah. one eye on the Dolphins. No, I like the Dolphins this year. I think we all need to get around the Dolphins. Um, they've nearly got thirty thousand members. The Dolphins. That's good. That, in their first yeah. year, how good? But yeah. anyway, enough about them. Penrith. Um, I you mentioned we were in control. For, for much of that first half. And then after halftime, a lot of uh, dubious calls, a lot of 50-50s that never went the way of Penrith. Did you see it that way uh, well, as an impartial eye? I uh, I didn't see it that way. Obviously, right. when uh, the Cowboys are at home, they, they should get the, the, the rub of the green, but I mm. think that's the, the Penrith Panthers fan in you. Uh... I think so. And I, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but I was, I've slept on it and I feel, I feel better. I mean, you put, a full strength Penrith team in, and and we flog them yeah, every day of the week. That, that said, though, if you put a full strength Cowboys team, and they were missing five uh, representative players as well. Yes, I understand that, but I think uh, listen, Brendo. the caliber was better on on. Yes, the Penrith I, I tend to side. agree, but the, the the Panthers have have been in this position for a number of years now, and that's just uh, um, one of the the downsides mm. downsides of being such a successful club and team. That's life, isn't it? It is. Hey. It is life. Hey, they needed to win, and they did. And it's good for the game, isn't it? It keeps the Cowboys in the competition for the game. You are such a bad loser. What are you trying to imply? Nothing. I'm implying absolutely nothing. You're the worst. The game of Rugby League won out. (laughs) Uh, Bad loser. (laughs) I am a terrible loser. I really am. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Origin Game 2 this Wednesday uh, up in the Cauldron, Suncorp Stadium. No mean feat. Uh, the lead's been buried a little bit. Of course, the game's happening, but do you know who's playing uh, pre-game? 
Do you know who the, the, the entertainment? Oh. You gotta live. Shannon Nul- Nulsey. Nulsey's playing. What about nice. that? Huh? How good's that? That's good. Is it? I like Nulsey. Yeah, I like Nulsey. I love that song. That's yeah. the biggest loser song, and I'm into no, that. No, I've got. I think there's a few other songs that are better than that. Okay. Of his. Cool. Name one. Um, not fast <laughs> It's not the one about the car. Okay, let's drive. Yeah, no, there's yeah, yeah. another one. Okay. What about me? No. Right, no, no, no. Cool. There's another one. I'll get it to you by the end anyway, of the show. Anyway, Nolsey's going to pump out some hits He'll at the start good. of the game, and then the game starts. I've got some fun stats. Would you like some fun stats? I know you love as fun stats. As long as they're fun, because sometimes your stats are boring. Look at this. I think James is going to love this. You're a stats man. So five from five, Fittler is uh, in game two. He's under the Fittler era, the Blues, five from five, game two. But history says the Maroons, they're 75% to win this coming Wednesday. So, I mean, that's tight. Uh, what, which way do you see it going, James? Yeah, look, this is a monumental task for, for New South Wales. I thought the stage was set for Latrell Mitchell. Mm. Um, obviously, he's been ruled out, but I, it's going to be so, so difficult uh, for New South Wales to get the victory just on the, on the sheer stats uh, alone um, and, the, and the going up to Queensland at the best of times. I just wonder how much that narrative is going to play into the psyche of the New South Wales players mm. and coaching staff. I think they've got to drive that if they're to stand any chance and and just be all, not just ready for, for for Queensland, but just everything that comes with playing a State of Origin game up there. I ran into Fittler yesterday morning, actually, um, down at Coogee when I was getting a coffee, and I was just taken back how relaxed he was. He seemed to be just really happy, really relaxed, in control. And I think that's a really great sign when you see a coach mm. that with, with such an important game and so much pressure on him that's riding on this one particular match, just being so relaxed, just so chatty. And I just thought that was a really good sign. What do you think of the team that has been assembled? Is this a Blues team that can knock off the Maroons in, in Queensland? Yeah, well, there was a lot of talk about um, Hines not, or the lack of selection from Hines. Mm. Um, but then I was speaking to somebody yesterday about M- Mitchell Moses. He's been there before. He's been up and played a, a, a State of Origin game in the number seven jersey in Queensland, and he played on through with a with a broken back. Now, you know, I, I probably thought Hines should have got the nod ahead of him, but I, I think um, in reflection... You know, he was probably very mentally scarred from that game one. And yeah. then obviously we saw the, the result of his performance uh, down in Melbourne uh, la- last weekend. Were you surprised by Freddie's comments during the week how he said that he was surprised about the the circus around number seven? Well, of course it's going to be a circus. He knows that. Mm. He's part of the media. He knows how many shows and how many opinions are out there. And that's just part of the theatre of modern day state of origin is that there is going to be debate and speculation and just goes to show how much it means to to everyone here of of course and and new south wales are often in this um in this situation where they have the the choice paradox where you know they they've all they've got almost too many stars to choose from like this star halfback goes down and then it's a three horse race to who gets the number seven jersey like that that wouldn't happen if it was Queensland. Is that the right selection in your mind? Because obviously, I, I agree with you, there needs to be an old head there. Uh, but, you know, Reynolds was being touted as well. You're happy with Mitch Moses getting the nod? Yeah, look, I think he'll do a, a great job for New South Wales. Um, look, personally, I, I would have picked Hines. I would have liked to have seen oh, okay. um, the, the staff come out and say that um, it wasn't Nico Hines' fault 
mm-hmm. for yeah. the the Tabidai Fado try that that really put the game almost out of out of reach. I think it was from a defensive point of view, it wasn't Nico Hines' fault. Poor old Nico Hines is on the bench of a, as a utility. Got plenty of things running through his head in the build up to that game. I'll play hooker. I might play five eight. I might play seven, might have to play fill in at fullback. Mm. One position he probably wasn't envisaging playing was in the centres. Um, but I, again, that said, I don't think he got that play wrong. I think it was a, a systematic error. And then obviously, you put support around him. He's been the best player, arguably, in this competition for the last 18 months. Yeah. He's been playing so well. So with all now knowing all that, what about Brent Tate's comments Yes, During I was about to, yes, yes. You know, like I, uh, the fact that he's, he's saying that Nico Hines is not an origin player. Like how do you come to that conclusion when he was got 11 or 12 minutes in game one mm. and out of position? Yeah, I, I, I think those comments are wrong. I think that that's Queensland just staring the pot and playing the long game for, because I think Nico Hines will play state of origin again down the track and in the future. That's just Queensland being Queensland. Um, okay, so what does your heart, what does your head say, both of you, James Graham, on Wednesday? Look, it's 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 almost impossible to look past a, a Queensland victory. Yeah. I'm going to go Blues by eight, purely only because of how relaxed Freddie was when I spoke to him. I love the Blues, but Queensland look formidable. Suncorp Stadium. Back the boys. I want to. Just get behind them. I did. I sat there one year and we got done by 50 points and it was a very hard watch. Very hard. It's it's such a formidable. And I was a fan. I wasn't even playing. I'm going to go blues by eight. Okay. No worries. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Dead Set Legends Sports Update. Shane Flanagan is coaching the St. George Illawarra Dragons from next season. A unanimous decision from the board. You love to see a bit of unity at the Dragons. Good appointment? Yes, I believe it is. I think he'll do a, a fantastic job there. Whether or not this is actually a unanimous decision or not, I, uh, yes, because it, it wasn't, be and then it was. Yeah, so you know, yeah, it was well publicised. There was board members there that weren't too keen on Shane yeah. Flanagan taking over. But I was re- that due to his management? Because uh, I heard that there might have been a conflict with someone on the board and Flanagan's manager. Oh, who knows? It, who knows? Okay. But finally, it's been resolved. I hope that this uh, marriage isn't a forced one. That mm. They're all singing on the same hymn sheet. They know about when situations come up, how they're going to handle that. And I, I genuinely wish Shane Flanagan all the best. He's a fantastic coach, mm. a proven winner. Whether or not that should be the focus about winning a premiership, I know we all say, no, but you've got to be thinking like that. But there's, there's a, it's a slow burn and yeah. it's a slow build. And unfortunately, coaches don't get time. But Flanagan will be able to get an instant um, instant reaction when he goes down and, and sees that playing group. I'm looking at players like Jack Baird, who he's previously coached. He's probably not playing, like a lot of the Dragons players, playing to their potential at the moment. I think you'll get the best out of players like him. Jaden Sewer is another one. And there's a couple of others there that I just think Shane Flanagan can really help just, yeah, like I said, get get them playing more consistently and at their potential. And how does he do it? Like, What is his strengths that he brings to, the, to, be, to that team to be able to make these changes to these players? Well, look, tactics is a, a big one. And invi- the environment he'll set and belief that he will instill in his players, and you know the the person who passes on that that knowledge to you, if you, if they're a, a proven performer and a proven winner, you tend to take on that message more than you would from someone that perhaps hasn't. So good news for the dragon supporters. Yeah. Well, is Ben Hunt going to hang around? You reckon if Flanagan's there? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. 
it, it's it's a really interesting one. I think for me, Ben Hunt uh, in that team is better suited at nine. Whether or not Shane Flanagan mm. sees it that way, but he doesn't uh, like playing nine, does he? Well, and understandably not. I, I, it's a it's a tougher place to play. You have um, you know you involved a lot more defensively, but the, the, then they have young Jaden Sullivan is is one of the um, best up and coming. Number sevens, can they both bide their time and wait for Ben Hunt? I'm not so sure. And obviously for the for the makeup of the team, for the Dragons, it, I think he would be best served playing number nine, but he obviously doesn't want to do that. So perhaps, perhaps they may need to move him on and have you know their best player leave. Now that's difficult for Dragons fans to to look at and accept, but in the lot for the long term success, it might be what's better for the club. All right. Let's head stateside. I reckon this is going to fire you up, James Graham. Uh, a moronic American Fox <laughs> newscaster. I'm leading Moronic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is worried about a particular aspect of Lionel Messi joining David Beckham's into Miami in the MLS next season. Now this was on Fox in the States. Okay, have a listen to this. Yeah, the only thing I worry about, he doesn't speak English. I want to see him sit down and talk. Uh, one thing about David Beckham, he learned to speak English uh, for us, only uh, with an accent. Uh, David Beckham learned what? to speak is English. This, is this a jab? That no, cannot not. be serious. He later said he was joking. Doesn't sound no, like it. No, no, he was serious. Well, and also, America, it's a very large Hispanic population. So I think Lionel Messi can... Can take those like that's the sort of demographic that you'd look to to get involved and, and have more eyes on on soccer than than perhaps yes. some, some also, others. Also, who cares what language he speaks? He is going to be just put that sport in that country yeah. on the map even well, more than it is now. Well, Candace, let his football do the talking. That's like, right. That, that, that's what he'll do. He, his football and his star power will, will attract eyes. Exactly. You bring you bring those eyes in. He's still a player that is absolutely phenomenal to watch. Let let his football do the talking and, and watch the crowds come in and the, the, the profile of the game grow over there. And you know who can understand him? 600 million people because they speak Spanish. Exactly. So if you want to understand him, go and speak <laughs> Spanish. Also, turn the subtitles on. What a moron. Brian Kilmeade is his name if you want to find him on Twitter. Uh, Denver Nuggets, well done to them. They're NBA champions after sealing the title over uh, Miami Heat this week. Uh, Nuggets wrapping up 4-1, uh, the Series 4-1 to secure their first championship in franchise history 47 years it took them that is a long drought it is very long it sounds like before the 2014 oh, nrl grand final the when the rabbitos oh. finally yep. got the win <laughs> that's what it was like being a rabbit james remembers that yeah. well thanks for bringing that yeah yeah, yeah good <laughs> i think you forgot who was sitting next to you i know i know but it was such a great moment for all the rabbit supporters with for so many years well, we weren't even in the they, comp. We were kicked right. out of the comp. We got back in the comp. Um, and then there was just that that premiership that just eluded us for, for so many years. How, how great is it, though, when you see teams that um, you know, end a drought like that mm. and the, the reaction to the to the fans in, in the streets? It, it means so much. Yeah, you, and I think that's what sport's all about. Like, you know, we have these dynasty teams where teams get accustomed to winning. But, you know, a great part of our sport is the fans that, keep turning up, keep coming back, waiting for this moment. And then you've seen people you know, openly cry in the streets because of this, because their team that they followed and all the hardships and trials and tribulations, the travel, the heartbreaking losses, and then they finally get what they've been striving for after all these years. And You know what? You need to be an origin coach because you are just motivating me. Like, I am I'm just ready to run through a brick wall right for you. <laughs> uh, Isn't and- it great to see you know, adults just in 
floods of tears, yeah. tears of joy. Yep. It's great to and see. And that's what we want to ask you on 13353. Who are you a long-suffering fan of? Now, the drought may have been broken. You can tell us about that. Maybe you're still waiting. Because I go for the Pacers in the NBA. They still haven't won a championship. And there was, it was a long time between drinks for Penrith as well. We won one when I was 13, and then I had to wait till 31. That's a long wait. Oh, it's not too bad. Oh, shut up. It's a, it's a massive wait. 18 years, mate. That's nearly two decades. One triple three five. Are you a long-suffering fan of anyone? Yes, I am. I'm an Everton fan. And oh, God. We've uh, not had silverware since 1995. We won the FA Cup against Manchester United, but it's been a, a long-suffering uh, few decades. Uh, we avoided relegation. That felt like a... A victory or a, a, a trophy in itself. Sure, man. But we've got to, uh, yeah. Well, that's what we've that's what we've come to. So, fingers crossed, we can turn it around with the new stadium. One triple three five three. Who are you a long suffering fan of? A hundred dollars to spend at Red Rooster for the best caller. There's a bit of everything in a Red Rooster mega box. The Rooster's calling you to try a mega box at Red Rooster today. I've had a couple. They're mm. good. The mega box. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Who are you a long-suffering supporter of after the Denver Nuggets? Well, they broke their 47-year drought. They won the NBA championship. Who do you go for? Are you still in tears? Uh, Jason on one triple three five three. Who is it? Uh, it's the Bulldogs, mate. I'm a long-suffering Bulldogs fan. As uh, I was there when Jimmy couldn't get us over the line in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> put, it on, put it on his shoulders. Oh, no. Say hi, James. I took, my, I took my nine-year-old daughter for her first ever grand final, dreaming about the dogs winning, and unfortunately the Rabbitohs broke her heart. They sure did. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was a – look, as a Rabbitohs supporter, it was phenomenal, but also just the build-up to that grand final and uh, just – the amount of like bulldog supporters that would drive through our area with the flags and it was it was yeah. crazy it was it was awesome i'm seeing james relive it in real time as he stares off into the middle distance so we'll go to daniel from hornsby <laughs> uh, who's yours who are you a uh, long suffering supporter of uh, i'm a broncos fan and like um like the last call i took my 8 8 year old i think yeah to the uh, grand final against the cowboys so close not to but didn't get the chocolates. No. Heartbreaking, that one. That that was, was a hard watch. But I would say it's the best grand final. I would say the 2015 one. What do you reckon, James? Oh, 100%. Oh, you think that, Daniel? Oh, really? Even if you, even though you lost it, you think it's the best one? Oh, just, it had everything, mm. didn't it? it? It, you know, I was in the opposite corner to where that, that Cowboys try was scored, and I thought we'd. Yeah. I Did, thought we'd won it. Didn't have it. The siren, but. Wasn't to be. If you were writing a script for a grand final, that's the one. Oh, that's the that one. was. Yeah. That's that's the one. The Hollywood execs go over to you, NRL players, that's the one. especially like Thurston for so many years. Just was so close, and they. Mm. I remember like in the lead up, and they, they would target him, and it's just yeah, it was incredible. Uh, what about you, Matt from Camden? Who are you a long suffering supporter of? The uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs is my team. I was born with red and green cardinal myrtle blood in my bones. <laughs> I love it. You've won it's the most a, premierships, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I don't rightly remember. I was born in '62, okay. so I don't rightly remember the '71 or or thereabouts. But uh, I remember '89. I was working in the ski fields, and uh, there was South Sydney in daylight, and then we lost everything and. Then uh, coming back into the competition after being kicked out, and I was a foundation member. Went to the rallies, went to the uh, the protests, and 
whilst we were out of the competition, um, I, I had the opportunity to fly uh, Rusty up to his property in Coffs Harbour. And uh, we were discussing that. He was up there for one of those display games that they had. And, yes. uh, and uh, we were up there and talking to him for about an hour. Oh, it must have been at least an hour or more. And uh, his last words to me were, keep the faith, brother. And that's what I've done. <laughs> that is so rusty. You can just imagine it too. Keep the faith, brother. Yeah. As he slaps you on the back. <laughs> Uh, wonderful stuff. Adam. Can from... you do that again? I didn't realise you do such a... Keep the faith, brother. It's such a deep, rusty... Absolutely. I love rusty. Uh, Adam from Warrington, what about you? You've got a few teams, mate. I do. Ooh. I do. I'm a long-suffering Eels fan, born and bred. How many years has it been? It'd have to be... 86. 86. last one, yeah. 37 yeah. years. Sure. I can't also, my baseball team... <laughs> sorry, also my baseball team was 86. Are the Mets... The Mets, yeah. I'm a Mets fan too. My condolences. <laughs> and uh, Tottenham. Oh, Tottenham yeah. I haven't even won a Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. How long's that been, James? Oh, Tottenham. A long time wow. since Spurs have won anything. Oh. You're not wrong. <laughs> that's a horrific treble. the Champions League. Oh, that's a horrific treble. Have some, um, have some Red Rooster. <laughs> have oh, a, yeah. uh, does that help? Sure, Great. why not? <laughs> $100 to spend at Red Rooster. There's a bit of everything in every Red Rooster mega box. The Rooster's calling you to try a mega box at Red Rooster today. I love the chips at Red Rooster. They're the best. They're I the haven't best had chips. them in years, but I remember I once Fond memories. Yeah, fond memories <laughs> yeah, good. of, of uh, um, you know, when you used to get the man of the match or player of the match and they used to give you the little awards. Are you talking when you were a child? You yeah. haven't had them since you were yeah. a child? Yeah, but, but you I just remember them. them being really good. Good stuff. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Uh, but let's preview the rest of round 16 of the NRL, a truncated round because of state of origin. Cowboys did the Panthers last night, 27-23. Uh, the next game today, which you'll hear today at 3 on Triple M and the Listener Up, Knights Roosters, who are we picking? Oh, I'm going to go the Knights. Hmm. I think uh, the Roosters obviously missing Tedesco and the Origin players and whoever else is out with suspension or an injury. I just think that they look like they're down in confidence. Yeah, the, the the Knights were very good last week against the Brisbane Broncos and were unlucky not to go up there and get the victory. But I don't know. I tipped the Roosters at the start of the season. I keep waiting for them to come good. And I think this weekend's you the weekend. You think this is the week? Yeah, okay. they, they, they're in a situation that they, they really, it's almost must win. Okay, I've got the Knights as well. Eels versus Sea Eagles. This, this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, well, look, it's, um, imagine coaching against your son. This oh, is, yeah. Yeah. Because so, Jacob Arthur's moved. He's moved yeah, to Manly. He's recently mm. moved to Manly. And um, obviously, Mitchell Moses out playing State of Origin. He would have been a, a handy uh, handy player to have around for the Parramatta Eels, but it wasn't to be. And yeah, interesting, that one. Imagine, yeah. Imagine, like, It'd be hard because as a as a father, you'd know your son's weaknesses. Yeah. But then you want to see your son succeed. I'm going to go the Seagulls. I just think they're a better balanced side. Um, I like the Seagulls. Yeah, me page. too. Yeah, I got me Manly. Too. I got Manly. Uh, tomorrow, 4 p.m., you're calling this one, uh, James, with Dan Ganane, Gordon Taylor. Sharks, Bulldogs. This could be a drubbing. It could be, but also the sh- <laughs> <laughs> It could be, but the... The Sharks were dreadful last week, so yeah. hopefully they turn up with that same level of performance against the <laughs> against the Bulldogs. I'm going to stay loyal and uh, and go with the Dogs. Mm, see, I tipped the Dogs last week, and they really me too. Yeah, I really thought they'd do it against the Eels. What about you, Candice? Who you who you got? Uh, She's got the I, Sharks. You know what? I'm just going to say the Sharks <laughs> yeah. because they were so dreadful last week. I just don't think that they could be that dreadful again. 
Um, the big one on Wednesday, uh, we previewed Origin a bit early. You can hear it on the podcast if you missed it after the show. Jimmy's got Queensland. I've got Queensland, begrudgingly. I'd like I've to say the Blues the wins. Blues. You've got the Blues. And then Women's State of Origin, we're calling that as well. You can hear it on Triple M, Sydney and the Listener app. Uh, the Blues, the Sky Blues, they're behind on aggregate. So they'll have to win by a few against the Queenslanders. Your thoughts? It should be three games. That's yeah, what I think. I agree. Yeah. Bizarre that it's too. But, but it is anyway. an improvement on last year. So it is. it is a step in the right direction. I think we'll get there. But, but can you imagine if it's 1-1 one, one and you win on points differential? I mm. know. Oh, it's not the same. No, it's it's like winning a drawn Ashes. Yeah. You, you retain, retain the series. Yeah. But they do that in soccer. They go mad for it on the, the aggregate stuff. Oh, you can, yeah, you can win the league on, on, um, Oh, oh, oh yeah, I know. In, in on aggregate, well, European, and, yeah, the European and away goals. It's all right, but they won't win the actual. The, the final is the final, right? True, so. true. You're absolutely right. When talking sport, twenty four seven is barely enough. Will you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. Uh, let's do this. Four and twenty. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. The Dead Set Legends Player of the Week. A lot of sports, a lot of things going on in the world, James Graham. So uh, we let Candice Warner just pick one. One player we need to focus on. The Player of the Week anywhere in the world. Who is it? It's Jack Grelish. Well, he the party doesn't end for the Man City treble winner. And he just keeps posting these hilarious shirtless pictures during these epic celebrations. So he is just still going strong with the England international enjoying so many great celebrations. How good is it? Like mm. Man City have won the treble, first time in their history, first ever Champions League for them. That's the reason Pep Guardiola came in. Yeah, obviously Grealish was a, a huge part of Man City's you know, star-studded team and Good on him for for, for celebrating, yes. like you know he, he's he's earned this. So he's won the they won the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Champions League titles, allowing them to enjoy the open air bus, and you see thousands and thousands of people just lining the streets of of Manchester. But I mean, would you put a top on if you had a body like that? He's cut. <laughs> he, is, he is. He cut. is ripped. It's a good looking bod. He's um, ripped. The problem is, though, James, uh, there were the international friendlies, and he is in the English squad, so yeah. he had to cut his partying short. Slightly short. There was a couple of photographs of uh, him and his city teammates at, at England training, and uh, he had a couple of bags under his eyes, Jack yeah. did. And, uh, oh, can, you, can you imagine getting called up for a couple of these games? And He, he actually sat through um, 90 minutes on the bench overnight. So. Well, so that's quite a big thing in England. So when your team wins, you get the open-air bus, and it's just... Oh yeah, the, the, the open top bus is is amazing, and, it's the, and, the, thing. and the, the the fans there, and you get to well, it's, it's great that obviously City played their Champions League final in Istanbul, so obviously the, there's it's not capable for for all City fans to go, so it's not like they're at their, their home stadium, so a very few number of fans would have been able to to celebrate at the game, and that's what football clubs do; they celebrate, they want to celebrate with their fans, so. Obviously, you want to get as many as those fans involved mm. as possible, and it, it just shows the the human side and, and that these pe- they're just people, and that's I think it's great that Grealish can can celebrate in style after you know what is a you know a huge occasion for mm. Manchester City. Yeah, and it, t- it takes me back to the images of when Argentina won the World Cup last year, and 
uh, they did the same thing, the open-air bus through the streets of Argentina. Yeah. I think they had to get choppered out of there. There were so many people. Oh, it was crazy. Um, to give you an idea of the level of partying to uh, when he was picked up from the hotel uh, where he was staying for uh, the England team, he was offered a wheelchair so, <laughs> to get to the airport. So for that fact alone, Jack Grealish is our player of the week. Have a look at the port of call for the big names from every code. Big names. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. I had a delightful slumber last night. I woke up and went, what the hell? When I Googled what was happening in the ashes, <laughs> the end of day one, not even England had declared, declared. It's the earliest declaration in ashes history. First innings history, uh, eight for 393. I didn't feel like that was right, but to get, uh, his thoughts on it, Brad Haddon, former Aussie glove man, uh, from listeners, Willow talk. Uh, good morning. Hads, what the hell? Yeah, well, morning, everyone. What a start it was. Um, it started from the first ball. England come out with great intent. Um, Joe Root was outstanding. But, yeah, I, I think uh, the wicket looks pretty placid. I, I think Australia won't be too disappointed with that de- declaration. There's a lot of talk this morning and last night about Australia's first, um, that first spell, like that first session being too defensive. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, if, if I was honest, I was a little bit shocked. Um, I could understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to nullify the, the England boundary count. We, we know how um, aggressive they've been for, for some time, going at 7-8 and, and over. But I, I would have liked them to start a bit more aggressive, take the game on and, and see if they can put um, England on the back foot with a couple of early wickets. But, yeah, I was, I was a bit shocked also. Hads, with that first ball... Um, did that not just set the tone for this test match, but also for the entire Ashes series? Yeah, you're right, Jimmy. It's normally Michael Slater doing something like that, hitting the first ball um, and setting the tone. But that's that's the way England play. They, they wanted to make a statement in this first test match. Uh, they did that first ball off both Cummings and Hazelwood. Both went for four. So I, I like the intent. I, I like what we're um, building up for this series. Um, England look really up for the fight, like they're going to take a a really different brand to the Australians and, and the Australians are going to have to come back with um, a pretty good counter punch over the next couple of days. How was the crowd's re- reaction to that? Is Did that just get everybody just on their feet cheering the Barmy Army in full swing after that? Yeah, they, they've been looked like they've been going for 24 hours on the drink, to be honest. So. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the crowd, I spoke to Dave about it and he said when he went into bat, he actually both him and Uzi couldn't hear each other. He said the crowd was so loud that they couldn't hear each other's calls. So that's something they're going to have to really be careful of, I'm, I'm sure, Hads. Yeah, but in saying that, I think that's one of the most enjoyable parts of playing an English summer. You've got the bugler there. Uh, you got you got the crowd giving you um, information. And, and mate, oh, I remember going over there. My mum never, ever travelled to the UK, but they seem to know a lot about her. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's uh, all what, good fun. What has Australia got to do from here? Um, I, I think England left the door open a little bit for us. I, I think uh, it's a pretty placid wicket. I, I think if Australia can um, just bat the next couple of days, um, they, they could get 150 in front and, and put England under pressure. So there's no demons in this wicket. Um, they don't really have a spinner to, I, I think, to capitalise like Nathan Lyon did. So expect Australia to bat a long time here. What, what do you personally feel about uh, this basball situation so it's just it's a very aggressive style of of play from England we've not really seen it before and it doesn't I mean personally feel like test cricket to me what do, what do you think about it I love it um okay, I, I love it <laughs> okay cool <laughs> I, I love it the way that 
they're trying to um, take the game on. Since Brendan's been involved, I think they won 11 to 13 tests, but before that they won one in 14, so they had to do something different. And, and I tell you what, leading into the series, we're all talking about it. We're all talking about will England be brave enough to take the Australians on like they have done in the past, and and that's what we want. We, we want to be entertained, and, and that's the one thing Brendan and his team are all about is, is entertainment, but... It'll be interesting because I think they've left it open for for Australia to bat massive and, and really drive this game with that declaration. So let's see how it uh, pulls up after two days in the dirt. Hads, you say it, it's entertaining, but they wouldn't um, come up with this, this strategy if it wasn't going to be effective. There'd be plenty of analysis um, into the way that uh, that England are playing, that it would be proven that it will get results and it looks like it's going so, uh, so far so good. Yeah, and that's like with any um, modern-day sport. They, they would have looked a lot into it and look what suits their players. I think the one thing that's been happening in England for some time, they've been too scared to go out there and make mistakes, where Brendan McCullum's taken that fear factor out of the team at the moment and just to go out and play what's in front of you, um, enjoy the game. And, and if it doesn't work, um, selection and the hierarchy are OK with it because this style is going to what's take us forward to be a successful nation. Hads, I hate giving the Poms a rap, but don't do it, uh, don't do it then. But uh, Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow, they they combined last night for some really good runs. Yeah, they did. Um, Joe Root was outstanding. I, I, I think he's going to be the big danger um, in in the whole series, actually, because he's a class batter in this team. You'll see a lot of shots and and a lot of uh, oh, different sort of styles. Um, in front of him, behind him. But Joe Root's a real class, and he showed that last night. All right. Well, we appreciate your time this morning. You can hear Brad Haddon's thoughts on everything Ashes on. Listeners, Willow Talk, uh, day two starting tonight, 8 o'clock. Yes. Is that right? Cool. Uh, Brad Haddon, thanks for your time, man. Have a good day, all. Thanks, Hads. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. <laughs> Time for this. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. You run this one, Candice. What do you got? Uh, well, round 16 of the NRL. The Cowboys were too good for the Panthers last night, 27 to 23. Ooh. Uh, and in AFL, the, the Swans went down to the Brisbane Lions, so it um, wasn't a good one for the Swans. Good effort, though, from where they've been, and the Lions are top four team, so that's a good fight, but yeah, last night. No yep. Uh, during the week, uh, the Socceroos... Weren't good enough. Argentina 2-0. Messi scored in the 81st second. Gee, he's so, good. I mean, that's a tough night. Quickest goal he's ever scored, I think, yeah. for Argentina. Wow. Um, and the US Open golf. Well, that is underway, and uh, we're up to round two. Currently, Ricky Fowler is... Um, he's 10 under. He is 10 under, um, and the Aussies aren't doing too bad. So we've got tied for sixth place. We've got Min Woo Lee, mm-hmm. and Cam Smith is currently ninth. So... Watch that. Ricky Fowler really turning the clock back as well. Now, off air, I did not say clock, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could. <laughs> so he's turning the clock back. Okay. Isn't he? He is turning that back. And I am a fine broadcaster. And if you like your boxing, well, Tim Zoo is taking on Carlos Achampo tomorrow at one thirty up on the Gold Coast. So that is going to be a really uh, huge fight. It's going to be a great fight. A ripper. How do you think he's going to – I mean, he's recovering from a dog bite. I like think, a vicious dog bite. Yeah, well, the He'll photos right. only surfaced, I think, yesterday or the day before of how bad it, it was. Uh, and those gashes were pretty bad. So Absolutely. 
he's going to be but he's going to be ready to go. Okay. Um, and last weekend, last Sunday, mm. Novak Djokovic now has won twenty three Grand Slam Grand Slams after winning the um, Roland Garros. So he is now the only player to have won all the Grand Slams three times. Unreal. Wow. So with Wimbledon coming up, we know he won the Australian Open. Uh, with Wimbledon coming up, and he's got some pretty good form. He may be in for a calendar slam. That's wow. It. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he won 23 grams. I was like, what, what was he competing in? <laughs> good for him. When talking sport 24-7 is barely enough. Will you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Yeah, Greg Russ from the Rusty's Garage podcast. You can stream it now for free on the Listener app. He joins us on the line. Morning, Rusty. Hello, team. How come Richard gets a lease pass? <laughs> oh, he's... He's gallivanting around the world. I know. Is he? Yes, is he? he is. Yes. Now, Rusty, the supercars are in Darwin this weekend for one of their favourite rounds of the season. Were the Fords a bit more competitive in practice? Did I see that? Yeah, you're right. Uh, it certainly looked that way anyway. Um, okay, it's probably what we need to do is just remind ourselves it's only practice. The qualifying is coming up at about midday your time today and then race 13 of the season about 4 o'clock um, Sydney or New South Wales time. So um, in session two in the afternoon, Anton Di Pasquale for Dick Johnson Racing was the quickest and there were a number of Mustangs in there. Brock Feeney was fastest in session one and that is an epic event up there. All the stuff they do... Um, around at some of the Indigenous liveries that we, we talked about or Indigenous-inspired liveries on the cars. They've got drag racing, superbikes and all sorts. And about a third of the people in Darwin across race weekend come come out and, uh, and check out the race Gee, meeting. It must get hot in those cars. Oh. It is, yeah. And they have all sorts of cooling measures to try and deal with that. They have uh, systems that run like, like, a, like an esky, if you like, that sits in what would effectively be the passenger seat and pumps cool ice cool water through capillaries in a in a vest that you wear underneath your race suit to try and keep you cool as yeah. the race unfolds i'm sure i'm sure that in no way helps <laughs> in darwin in the darwin heat uh, now you caught up with uh, f1's oscar piastri in the shortcast you released yesterday for rusty's garage wonderful listen is there some light at the end of the tunnel for that mclaren of his there is, Brennan. So some, some go-fast bits are coming in the next few races for that car, and he spoke quite confidently that it will make a difference. Now, that's at a computational level at the moment. We need to see how it really translates to the racetrack. And, guys, what struck me here was just how committed this bloke is uh, in and out of the car. He sets himself a really high benchmark. Have a listen. Yeah, I think sometimes maybe I I forget that I've only done a few races in F1, but at the same time, I don't want to sort of have the the rookie uh, title giving me an excuse, and I certainly don't don't uh, see myself um, or see that as an excuse to, to make mistakes, I think. I like that. I like that from the man. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, uh, essentially, he wants to be sharper at the beginning of race weekend so that he's, he's better by the time they get to qualifying in the race. So he's ended up 11th in practice there in Canada, actually ahead of his teammate Lando Norris, and it was Lewis Hamilton that went fastest in practice there for that round. Yeah, and finally, Rusty, our Dakar legend Toby Price is now almost at Peter Brock level after a special win at home. You guys know that he's done some amazing things at Dakar. He's won the Fink Desert Race in the centre of Australia there on a motorcycle six times, what they call the King of the Desert title. Yeah. He's now chalked up his third straight in a car. And he did that on, uh, on the holiday Monday. So that is nine times Fink winner. That is mighty.
We should get him in the car in Darwin. He'd be fine if he's been going through the desert that often. Huh? <laughs> no one's thought about that. Get me it. in he there. Supercars too. Get me managing. Uh, thank you, Rusty. It's all thanks to Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. We'll catch up with you next week. Have a nice weekend, Sam. Thank you. Triple M's Dead Sad Legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. And it has been an absolute pleasure to have you, my man. Always fun. Uh, are you calling any games over the weekend? Yes, I am calling a game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. After doing four hours of the Sunday Sibbin. Great. So, uh, yes, in with Ben Dobbin, mm-hmm. Gordon Tallis, as always, yeah. and James Hooper. So looking forward to that. It's always great on a Sunday. We love the Sunday Sibbin. Four hours sounds like a lot, yeah. but it actually flies by. Does it? It flies by. Depending when... on the week? Uh, no. <laughs> Just always flies by? Always flies by. Sometimes <laughs> we do two hours. It doesn't seem quick enough, but four hours sounds like a lot, but it flies. It does by. sound like a lot. Sounds well, heaps. But we have we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun yes. on the show, and when you're having fun, time flies. That's they right. Say. That's right. You can stream it on the Listener app as well. That's where you can get this podcast if you missed any of the show today. Uh, before we get, listen, Richard's not here, but we're still going to do it. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Richard's List of Grievances. And today we are handing over to James Graham to give you an idea. Last week, Richard's Grievance was button down flies. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really excited to hear where you're going to take it. Let me start the sad violin now. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to come off the back of button down flies. Yes. This is probably uh, something that's been bugging me for, for a while now, but just uh, the lack of trust in the New South Wales Ooh. physios and Ooh. sports science See, this is This is a real grievance. I like this. Mm. This is good. So obviously South Sydney have got a, a few injured contingents in the New South Wales team mm. and their physios have had to come in and babysit them because they don't trust the New South Wales Oh, so team. you're having a ta- an attack at the Rabbitohs now? No, it's not necessarily at the Rabbitohs. It's about just the need for them to go and watch and oversee what they're doing so they can't just say... Oh, hey, these three players, here's what they can and can't do. Also, the players know how to warm up. Yeah, but the Rabbitohs, their their main goal is to win a premiership and they spend millions of dollars on these players. Why wouldn't they want their eyes on them? (laughs) It's a fair point. It is a a fair point, but but how much trust... Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to walk home with them as well, tuck them Mm. into bed and make sure they don't do anything wrong? But I'm sure New South Wales could have said no. Well, they should have said, they said, look, we don't worry, we've got this. They're actually going up a level to play for their state. And New South Wales will have perfectly um, adequate uh, sports science staff. But this is on top physios. of. This like, is on top of. So uh, you've got South's physios there. You've got Blue's physios I there. I just think it's a, a bit of overprotection. Oh, like if, yeah. if these players can't be trusted to go and do their own wow. warm-ups and their mm. own training. So you're saying like, they're what babies. Chance have they got? Well, they're being babysat. I'm hearing a lot of blues bashing. That's what I'm hearing. I think we've got an and undercover a, Maroon, and I'm not into it, and I don't like it. And a like lot it. of Rabbitohs bashing. And a lot of Rabbitohs bashing. Oh, they, yeah, come in here. they got they got a set four in sports science, and all of a sudden they want to override the, the New South Wales chances. I'm not, it's not, I want New South Wales to win. Oh, but they don't need to be babysitting their players. That's oh, fair. Okay, all right. Saturday Scrum up next. Dead Set Legends on Sydney's Triple M. Have a good one. Don't waste your life.